Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you're uh, choosing to spend uh, your time with us. Uh, welcome. We're glad we're in your earbuds. This is Less Rock, More Talk, episode 12? 11. Episode 11, excuse me. Uh, well, actually, that brings up a, a programming note. Uh, we were originally supposed to cover... November 28th, 1987 this week, but through a mix-up, um, our guest, Uncle Cracker, uh, <laughs> could not make it. Uh, so we are bumping up what was supposed to be episode 12 up to episode 11. And uh, in case you haven't tuned in before, welcome. Uh, Let's Rock More Talk is a show that looks at the Billboard rock charts from the inception of the Billboard uh, album rock charts, now known as the mainstream rock charts in March of 1981, till the end of 2012, which is when uh, Spotify and Apple Music became the dominant forms to listen to music. And uh, we are glad to be here in, in your earbuds. Um, we're glad to be a part of the Nick Robes Podcast Network, a home of such great podcasts as Adam Ferguson interviews local school superintendents and what's new, what's with you, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Excuse me. What's with you, Scooby-Doo? The, uh, the, the, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? The kind of the ground bear, um, flagship? The flagship program the of the focus. Nick Robes. <laughs> yeah, the Nick Robes Podcasting Network. We're, you know, we're, uh, we do what we do here, but what with you, what's, What's with you, Scooby-Doo, is really the, the, the flagship. We're just kind of like the mic and the mechanics to its genesis. <laughs> uh, my name is Connor McGrath. I am a local comedian. Well, I'm, I don't know, local local global comedian. I've performed all, outside of America. Playing clubs and colleges all across America. Clubs and colleges all across America <laughs> and the world. Um, and I am a classic rock aficionado, and I like talking about classic rock in a, in a humorous fashion. And I do it with uh, my producer and the founder of the Nick Robes Podcast Network and the host of What's With You, Scooby-Doo, <laughs> the man himself, Nick Robes. Hi, Connor. Hello, Nick. Hello. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. Good. I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm drinking. Uh, you uh, generously offered me an IPA, an IPA. IPA. Yeah, not New England style. I mean, this no, shit's this is filtered. <laughs> this is a filtered IPA. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not allowed to have none of that unfiltered <laughs> IPAs. Uh, I I do like uh, uh, just peek behind the curtain uh the, the the new england ipa came out because um a brewery who will not be named uh was too lazy to buy a filtration device and so their beers were cloudy and so they just called it well it's a new england ipa yeah they just <laughs> fucked up and they were trying to cover yeah. it up and the thing made a style and then yeah. everybody was like cool which tells you how low the bar to entry yeah. is that's like that's like uh that's how like buffalo wings were started like they were like we're hungry Somebody came into a bar in Buffalo, <laughs> obviously. It'd be weird if it was like Rochester, New York. But they're like, we, like the like the kitchen had closed and the only thing that was available was chicken wings. And I was like, well, we got chicken wings. We got hot sauce. Put them together. Put them together. You got Buffalo, Buffalo wings. wings. <laughs> uh, although uh, French fries are not actually from France. They're from Belgium. Uh, anyways. Frites. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, steak frites, one of my favorite meals. Palm de frites. Mm. Mm. But um, yes, uh, we're rocking it. Uh, we're, we're we're on episode eleven. Uh, episode eleven. We're we're hitting a stride. We're hitting now. a stride here. Hopefully, we get renewed for another thirteen episodes. <laughs> of course, the that's person... all up to the co-host. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, or it just maybe whether you still want to come over to my basement. 
the palatial Nick Rhodes Podcast Network studio. Uh, but we do have a guest. We do have a guest. Yes, you have heard. Mm. You've heard him moaning into the <laughs> microphone just yep. now. Mm. Uh, he is the Connecticut hillbilly. Uh, <laughs> the Matthew McConaughey of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. But he's now residing in Portland, Maine. Yep. Our very good friend, Tim Duffy, is here. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Tim Duffy. Point, Tim. It's going pretty good. Yeah. I'm glad to be here, yeah. What is your relationship to classic rock? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, huge. When when uh, I found out what this was about, I was pumped. <laughs> I was nice. psyched. I did uh, a fist pump. No. You did an air guitar solo? Yeah. <laughs> Wild stallion style. <laughs> you were like... <laughs> Oh no, that's more Wayne's World. Sorry, my bad. No, Wild Stallions too. They did. It. Did they do it? Yeah, that? they did it. Okay. I, th- I would say Air Guitar is more Wild Stallions than Wayne's World. Then I nailed it. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I redact I my redaction of my reference. Don't doubt yourself, Nick. <laughs> I was always the uh, unpopular opinion. I was more a fan of Bogus Journey than I was of X Men oh, Adventure. Yeah, I'm a bigger Bogus Journey fan too. Uh, you may be a king or a little street sleeper, but, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper. <laughs> I'm glad the Reaper's going to be in Bill and Ted 3. I am so stoked about yeah. that. That is great. Uh, also, one of my favorite parts of that whole movie is still when he says, uh, what is the meaning of life? Then they're trying to get into heaven. And he's like, just as every rose has its thorn. <laughs> and they just do poison lyrics. And uh, uh, death gets in on it. It's great. Nice. It's great. It's a great movie. It's cinematic tour de force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh well, what wh- what week are we covering? Well, this week we are covering. So Nick still has the November twenty eighth, nineteen eighty seven playlist, because he got all mixed up because he thought Uncle Cracker was going to be discussing nineteen eighty seven. So Nick will, will just be intermittently talking about NXS and U two. <laughs> well, originally I thought that we, that uh, everything was going to be all right. We were going to follow him, but now uh, everything's going to be all right, and he will follow. Well, us. you know, despite all your rage, you're still just a rat in a cage, which is a <laughs> maybe a little God, bit of foreshadowing. This is on here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, this might be my wheelhouse. I'm I just going to say. I think this is your wheelhouse. We are going second only to Ska. <laughs> this might be my wheelhouse. <laughs> we are going December 9th, 1995. Great. Yeah. Uh, the cover story, I actually, Google Books has some Billboard magazines. So if you want to follow along, you can look. They didn't have the December 9th issue. They had the December 2nd issue. Apparently, slow, slow year for the record industry. Interesting. Really? Yeah. And they were saying uh, they were hoping the Christmas music and the holiday records boosted it up holiday records holiday records not just necessarily christmas music but they usually release big records towards the end of the year um kurt cobain dead by this point kurt cobain died april 94 so dead for a year and a half um rocks changed rocks changed different different hip-hop's becoming bigger yep Mm -hmm. but it hasn't been fortunately for us it has not been integrated into rock music or maybe unfortunately i don't know how you guys feel about (laughs) limp biscuit Oh, well, that was uh, right around the corner. Yeah. Or uh I mean uh Anthrax and Public Enemy that joining was, yeah. forces. Behind, yeah. yeah. That was in the late 90s. Bring the noise. Yep. That's a great great collaboration. They laid but, the groundwork. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope we don't have that to blame. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Unfortunately, we do. Definitive, well, I think more to blame historian. is the people who took it and changed it. You know, it was in its pure form. That's a great, that's a classic track. And then it was perverted. Yeah, it starts to... uh, The way Creed perverted grunge. Or the way that uh, 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 
annoying white dude started to like uh, Fight Club too much. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, I love this movie. And then, or Rick uh, and Morty. Or, yeah, yeah and right. Like and then someone else comes up and is like, I love this too. And you're like, ooh, I don't yeah. like it that way. <laughs> I'm going to ruin a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, right on. Well, uh, so- most of the things I like have, I hate the rest of the fans of it. Yes. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins has this great story. Uh, comedian Paul F. Tompkins uh, has this great story about loving uh, Doctor Who. And his dad bought him. He had watched it on PBS when it first came out in the U.S. And then he, his dad bought him all these novelizations. And he loved reading those. And then a Doctor Who convention came to town. And he was like, oh, great. I love Doctor Who. I'll go to this thing. He goes and he's like, oh, well, I don't like this part. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I get that. I get that about so many things. Yeah. Uh, I love listening to Jamiroquai. I don't like people who listen to Jamiroquai. Who listens to Jamiroquai in this day and age? I don't know anymore. I think it's like British secretaries. I like Jamiroquai. I don't know if that counts as listening to Jamiroquai. I used to hate Jamiroquai. I get that. Then I heard it more recently, and I was like, why did I hate this? Yeah. I was in the wrong. The bass player does a little bit too much overtime. Like, I feel like every time I listen to Jamiroquai, I want to tell the bass player, like, it's okay, dude. You can take some time for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't need to be this aggressive. (laughs) Uh, I feel like he's trying to prove something all the time. Anyways. The first I heard, uh, side note, maybe this will fit more in. I don't know if we'll get to Jamiroquai on an, a rock They're never going to make the mainstream rock chart. I doubt it. I doubt they'll make a great mainstream rock chart. But I'll tell you, the first time I heard about Jamiroquai was uh, my dad was, uh, this is when my dad was still listening to Steve. current radio. Steve. <laughs> Steve is going to love Jamiroquai. Uh, well, here's the thing. It's like he was like, he was like, we were riding along in the car and he like virtual insanity came on and he was like, Oh, it's the new Stevie Wonder song. I love this. <laughs> Fair. And it did sound like Stevie Wonder. It does yeah, sound kinda like Stevie does. Wonder, but then I saw I saw the music video and we were like very confused for a multitude yeah, of reasons. Wait, what is happening? It was like, that's where's Stevie? He can't uh, be mo- he couldn't be moving around the floors like this. He'd fall over. Tim, just so you know, uh uh is Steve is the fifth member of this podcast. Uh-uh. <laughs> Wait, who? Uh, Steve Steve is the fifth Beatle of this podcast. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say, who are three and four? Yeah. Uh, me, Nick. I'm just leaving some space open just in <laughs> yeah. case. Um, but December 9th, 1995. Um, number one. Uh, well, do we want to do SNL or the number one pop hit? Let's do SNL. Yeah, let's SNL. Saturday Night Live's in season 21. That's Will Ferrell's first season. Damn. Will Ferrell, Chris Kattan, Daryl Hammond, Molly. Uh, no, Molly Shannon actually showed up a little bit before. Uh, but still on that season uh she showed up season at the end of season 20 actually so she Damn. there was actually a brief period where she overlapped with sandler and farley oh that right was the on. first season after like sandler and farley it was like wow. a transitional year because david spade was still in the cast this season huh that's intense but yeah it's will ferrell and uh sherry oteri and daryl hammond's chris Kattan's first season Actually, I think Chris Kattan showed up a little bit later. Mm. Um, but anyways, uh, hosting the host and musical guest this night on Saturday Night Live, December 9th, 1995, David Allen Greer hosting. <laughs> the second cast member on Mad, uh, not Mad TV, In Living Color, the second yeah. former In Living Color cast member to host. The first was Damon Wayne's oh, Musical okay. guest, the band that came up four, three or four episodes, Silver Chair. Oh. <laughs> was a musical guest. David Allen Greer and Silver Chair, a very 1995 like yes. SNL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and the number one pop song on the Hot 100 um, was Mariah Carey and Boys to Men's 
One Sweet Day, which was in its second week on its 16-week run on number one, which I think was just, I think it was the longest-running number one until Old Town Road knocked it off a couple weeks ago. No shit. Yeah. 16 weeks. That's, what, three and a half months? Four months? Four months, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, for a band that has uh, a Roman numeral in their name. Um, <laughs> no, I love Boys. They beat themselves because uh, <laughs> End of the Road, yes. I think, was the previous. End of the Road was number one for like 13 or 14 yeah. weeks. Good. Good. I feel like I'll Make Love to You was like 10 weeks plus. It was insane how much every... Okay. Well, here's the thing about that song is I frequently, uh, while entertaining myself at work when I'm bored, uh, I just start laughing, thinking about... <laughs> And this happened regularly. And I would say like once a week, I'll think about I'll make love to you, but I change the words to I'll have sex with you if you want me to, which doesn't change the meaning at all. And yet somehow it totally changes that song. Changes the vibe. Which is nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's all they're saying. They're saying it more eloquently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Rose by any na- other name would be just as sweet. <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, also David Allen Greer. Nice. Yeah, Good for him close. for getting... Because I feel like he's one of those celebrities that I don't... He's not an A-lister by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't want to take anything away from his talent. I think he's great. Uh, but I, I, I think as a host of Saturday Night Live, like good for him. Yeah, that's like an accomp. That's like a, a, a one of his career peaks, probably yeah. hosting SNL. He was in a Jackie Robinson off Broadway musical playing Jackie Robinson. <laughs> the this fact is like that you know that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> was this pre in Living Color? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, probably not a career highlight for him. Um, Right on. Well, shall we dive into honorable mentions? Let's dive into honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, number 13 is a band out of Fort Worth, Texas called The Toadies Ooh. with their biggest hit, Possum Kingdom. Classic. And as a, I'm a huge fan of possums, if anybody follows me on social media, <laughs> it's mostly possum-related content. And uh, this song does not directly have a lot to do with possums other than the title, but uh, the Toadies are a band out of Fort Worth, Texas. This was their biggest hit. This song was actually released in eight, uh, August of 1994, so it was kind of a slow burner. Hmm. Didn't wow. reach, didn't get uh, start reaching the charts until late Ooh. 1995. But this was number 13 on the charts, December 9th, 1995. Make up your mind. I feel like this song holds up surprisingly well for... The type of song it is. Yeah. That's it my d- opinion. It does sound of the time, for sure. Yeah, it does yeah. sound very 1995, but it holds up. But it holds, I mean, it's still good. Like, some of these songs do not hold up, <laughs> in my opinion. I like this. I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, Cake, uh, the same way Cake holds up, or, you know, uh, it's not Yano music by any stretch of the imagination, but it is like very firmly. Yeah. Wait, what's Yano music? Yeah. Oh. yeah. That, and that's what like that's Pearl what Jam it. it could easily it could easily have been that. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I think the vocal what performance. Yeah, the vocal performance, performance really saves, saves it. it. Yeah. What I do like about this era is the way that like. Uh, there are those bands like Toadies who the vocals are super clear. Yeah. Like, I want you for my 
for no apparent reason, they were like, you're going to know the lyrics to this. Yeah. Yeah. I spent the summer like six years ago doing live band karaoke, hosting live band karaoke in Old Orchard Beach, and the owner of the bar would always sing Possum Kingdom. No way! <laughs> yeah. And he, 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 he rocked it out. He either did Possum Kingdom or Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf. Okay. Yeah. Uh, polar opposites. Yeah, polar opposites. But well, well, hey, both have animals, animals yeah, in the title. Featuring animals. <laughs> I would say that's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I like that. It's a good honorable mention. Uh, just out of the top ten. Just out of the top ten. And the second honorary mention. I don't know. I'm not sure why I picked this as an honorary mention, other than it's a band that I, me and my, me and Steve listened to a lot in 1995. Yeah. Dude, I was big into this song back then. This was, was probably one of the first because I was ten. In 95. So this was kind of one of the first songs that I remember like really being into. Uh-oh. Here we and, go. And uh, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was also similarly profound. At, 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 uh, I was a little bit younger than you, but I, yeah. I remember watching the video on VH1. Yeah, the video. On VH1, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, Collective Soul off their second Ooh. album, self-titled second album, with a song called The World I Know. Ooh, I don't know if I know this one. The very profound video with people like... Yeah. Uh, suicidal people yeah yeah i, I remember that. <laughs> like on the thinking about jumping yeah but then they step off yep uh, uh power of collective soul yeah <laughs> this is off the same album as uh, uh december yeah it was and a big gel album. gel that's yeah. what i'm thinking definitely of. got it from columbia house <laughs> or bmb it's not iris it sounded i was like one. nick you play you're playing the goo goo dolls iris <laughs> yeah very similar yeah and I don't want yeah, this it. has. What did you say, Yana? Yana? Yeah, yo, collecting yeah, soul is, yeah, is a Yana, 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 Yana. Yana. For sure. As the sweet breeze blows. I'll look up with the album. It's like a blue cover. Yeah. Not this one. Uh, the big one for me. Dosage. 99's Dosage was a big collective solo. What was on that one? Um, the one on the Varsity Blues song? Rod. Uh, Trouble. Heavy. 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 Dandy Life was a big one. Run. Yeah, that was on the Varsity Blues soundtrack. Yep. Yeah. Does it kick sometime soon? I, another it, no, it, yeah, it's like it kicks like towards a little bit later, I think. Yeah, it's starting to kick. There we go. But it doesn't even really kick that hard. Nah, I'm fine with this. Yeah, I'm good. It's like the '90s version of a power ballad. But it's like he- I feel like it's heavy Christian rock vibe. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it is. Christian rock. You I feel can totally like get were... away with this. Yeah. Like, with your you like Christian this. buddies. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing too threatening about it. Yeah. yeah, like the way that like somehow like uh if you went to Catholic school, like YouTube was fine. Like I feel yeah. like Collective Soul could have been fine in the same vein. Yeah. <laughs> do I hear a little bit of bongos? Yes, you do! Wow. Bongos and uh uh, uh violin. Like it's I like knew the violin, the, I didn't hear the hand like the, the yeah. weirdest That's some very unnecessary bongos. music of all time. <laughs> But that's our honorary mentions. Uh, yeah. What was that? What number did that come in? Eleven, just out of the top ten. Eleven, just barely Holy missed it. Geez. What is it? A top fifty? Oh, uh, it's a uh, forty. Forty. Yeah. Okay. 
And this like. was just rock tracks. This is just rock. So yep. it's not I'll, okay. Yeah, mainstream okay. rock charts. So the alternative so it's rock. It's not the alternative. It's not it's the not alternative. Even this alternative. is not alternative. This is mainstream. Which they are an alternative band. Yes. Most yes. of what is. So it's funny. This week, this <laughs> week in history, usually uh, once uh, the for episodes 1988 and later, we mentioned the alternative rock number one song this Ooh. week. But the alternative rock song was the same as the alternative, uh, the this number one song on the mainstream list. It made it that to both sense. lists. Uh, both lists. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Uh, 95. Hmm. December okay. 95. Kind of a weird time. We'll I see. I bet you it's going to be a bull with butterfly wings. Anyways, uh, number 10. Coming in at number 10. Woo! The biggest, probably the biggest album of 1995, yeah, I would say. Sure. Alanis Morissette. Mm, Jagged Han- Little Pill? Yeah, Jagged Little Pill, the okay. second single off it, Hand in My Pocket. Coming oh. in at number 10. Oh my God, really? I. I have so many things to say. Yeah. Let's <laughs> feel free to vent it out, Nick. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. <laughs> I I was uh you know who was actually a huge fan of Jagged Little Pill was my younger brother, who was like six or seven, which was a very I don't know, he really enjoyed Jagged Little Pill, my younger brother Spencer. But I liked it too. I think everybody in my family. Yeah. That's a, Yes. I would say that a the, fun album for the whole family to hate Dave Coulier. <laughs> <laughs> I would also say, like, as far as songs on this album are concerned, I feel like this is the like this is the accessible one. Yeah. Like it's fun. Yeah. It's not that angry. It's uplifting oh, yeah. as far as Jagged Opal's standards go. Yeah, it, it's her like firework. <laughs> yeah. It's her like uh, 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 anthem. It's like a Gen X anthem. Yes, it's like absolutely. Like a Gen X handbook right here. Yeah. They're coming out with a, very shortly, they're coming out with a Jagged Little Pill Broadway musical. Yeah, Jukebox musical, which is insane. It was a big album. Yeah. Written in a day. And wasn't she like twenty one or yes. super young? Uh, Taylor uh, Taylor Dawkins on drums. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Just the way she sings. There yeah. are so many pronunciations in this that yeah. I have problems with. <laughs> Her saying taxi cab. Taxi cab. Piano. Hailing a taxi cab. <laughs> Flicking a cigarette. <laughs> Out on a peace sign. It's like very like I don't know what accent she's trying to do, but her Canadian accent mostly shows through. But, but like hardcore, like she should be way from way farther north than, than she is. Yeah. <laughs> Up there in Saskatoon. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love this song. And this is just shows that the uh, we've talked about how some songs are kind of baffling on the rock charts. Is like this is not a very rockin' song, but it's like it is rock. The yeah. album I like, is rock for yeah. sure. I mean, it, it, I like it when songs like show like this show up in the charts because by like t- two thousand four, like you wouldn't see like an Alanis Morissette type song. Yeah, she is in the uh, rock charts. Like, um, I, I don't know. There's a continuum of. Uh, Cheryl Crow, Alanis Morissette, and uh, 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 Skater Boy. Come on, oh, uh, Avril Lavigne. Avril yeah. Lavigne. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's a continuum where like one's on one spectrum, and like Alanis yeah. Morissette <laughs> is in the center. Uh, but God, I loved Jagged Little Pill when it came out. I have the weirdest memory of all time in college. I had I had this album for a. F- like a solid month just in my car 
any time I would get in my car, this would play. And my uh, girlfriend at the time, <laughs> we were driving along, and I was singing along to uh, uh, You Oughta Know. Yeah. And the line comes up of, like, uh, would she go down on you in a theater? And just unsolicited, it from the passenger seat, uh, my girlfriend at the time just goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm just singing along with my favorite album right now. Yeah. Relationship uh, ended shortly after that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it went for a little bit longer. Great, great girl, great girl, very, very talented artist. Anyways, uh, it was Alanis Morissette. <laughs> it was Alanis. You ought to know it was about me. <laughs> it was not about. I want to clear Dave Coulier's good name. <laughs> this song was actually about me. Uh, yeah, I would say the, the happiest song on that album. Uh, hand head in o- pocket. Head yeah. over yeah. feet's pretty. The that one's pretty happy too. But those are two rare moments of happiness on a very. Yeah, Mary Jane is like the most uh, watered down version of uh, Polly from uh, Nirvana's. <laughs> uh, never mind. Anyways, the album. Never mind. That was a good segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Segway. Uh, number nine. Coming in at number nine, another big album in 1995, big rock album, uh, Bush's mm-hmm. uh, 16 Stone. The song is called Come Down. Yep. Oh, yeah. And this is a huge album. People, wow. If you weren't alive in 1995, you don't remember how big uh, Bush's yeah. huge album was, but they were like the kind of the hair appearance to gun- Grunge's throne for like a second. Yeah, that's crazy. What was the, what was like the big song off of this album? Um, glycerin, maybe. Yeah, glycerin. 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 Machine yeah. Head. Yeah. But this was a big Damn. one too. Like those three songs, all three of these songs were like huge. This is the first year of CYY too, so I feel like they were. That's the house Bush was built. Uh, the house <laughs> Bush built. Bush the band, not the president. <laughs> or the big bean company. <laughs> Bush's baked beans actually sponsors this podcast. <laughs> Great sponsor. <laughs> Good get. Good get. Good get. (laughs) God, it takes this. This is a long intro. Although, actually, like, also a kind of long song. It's like five and a half minutes. It kind of has, like, that mild, like, shoegaze vibe to it. Well, because everybody in the 90s was also kind of like somewhat 60s revivalists. But then there's also like some industrial kind of darkness to it. Definitely a dark track. Yeah. Yeah. Brings me to a dark place. Yeah. I mean, a little bit watered down Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Yeah. Bows and Chains. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, more accessible Alice in Chains. But Gavin Rossdale had actually been around for a long time. they playing in a bunch of bands that got dropped from their record labels. Gavin Rossdale also dated Boy George for a while. What? Yeah, which is I found out a couple years ago. I didn't. I was surprised. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Did he break up with him after Boy George tried to solicit uh, sex from a male prostitute who turned out to be a cop? That was long before. This was like mid 80s i think that was like late 90s okay wow. all right yeah so he did that in spite of that yeah <laughs> no this was long before boy george got into trouble with the law great but yeah mm. 
is the British grunge band. The one a, British grunge band. It's a great... I don't know. I like this sound. It yeah. takes me back yeah. a lot. I think the chorus is, like, banging. Yeah. They, they build it very nicely. Yeah. Also, that bass sounds great. Yeah. yeah. It's not... It, it's crunchy without being, like, overly, like, boomy. Yeah. Okay, boomy. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like a fake sing-along chorus. This is an anthem. This, I feel like the chorus could be like an edgy Christian band as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That yeah. could be like the the bad boy Christian band. Let me tell you something. Only the is course. Switchfoot gonna make this list? <laughs> Switchfoot <laughs> will be on the show. Years. Switchfoot yeah. has to make it yeah. sometime. That's like late nineties. That's two thousands. Two thousands. Yeah, Switchfoot yeah. was early two thousands for sure. Um, they are actually. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it, but you will. <laughs> uh, I am gonna spoil it yeah. and say you will see Switchfoot. Switchfoot, Jars of Clay. Those are like the two. Jars of Clay, man. Well, Creed, obviously, but yeah. Creed, I feel like was like. They were more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, they weren't as Christian. What about yes. P.O.D.? Oh, P.O.D., Damn. yes. P.O.D. was probably the biggest Christian band. Yeah. Where you were like, hey, mom, I can listen to rock music. <laughs> uh, all right, great song. Number eight? Number eight, making their mainstream rock debut. Ooh. A band that, uh, their first uh, one of their first new songs in 25 years. Coming off a big television hit, a show that beat Friends, the Beatles Anthology, it's the Beatles <laughs> with their comeback song, Free as a Bird, coming in at number eight, <laughs> debuting at number eight. Uh, there are two Beatles left by the... Wait, no, there are three, three. Beatles left yeah, by Yeah, George point. is on this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, so this is the second show in a row where we've had a song featuring three out of four Beatles, because we had it on the last episode. Yeah, the George Harrison right. solo song that featured Paul and Ringo. That's wow. right. But that wasn't a Beatles song. That, this is a Beatles, officially branded as a Official. Beatles song. <laughs> well, this one actually, ha- it has John on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like just... Like archival, yeah, archival. Vocals. Yeah, they Yoko gave them some uh, permission to use some of John's old Denimo tapes that he recorded back in like the late seventies. Yeah, I feel like Yoko's not a bad person at all. She broke up the Beatles, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say judging by number 10 and number 9, this is the biggest left turn on the trajectory we were on. That's probably, yeah, it is. It's all the, out of nowhere that the greatest rock band of all time just shows up. But I, this is not, not the this, greatest rock band of all time, but the greatest rock band of all time not changing their sound since uh, yeah. happiness was a, happiness yeah. is a warm gun. You know what I'm saying? This, yeah. this could be on the White Album. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for the weird, uh, Jeff Lynn was the producer for the song "Yellows." Jeff Lynn, okay. which was insistent, insisted, insisted, <laughs> close friends close with Tim Duffy, with the Electric Light Orchestra and the Traveling Wilburys. <laughs> Jeff Lynn, but, was it Traveling Wilburys? I totally yeah, Jeff Lynn was. That. Yep, and uh, George Harrison said he would not do the new songs of the Beatles if they used a producer other than Jeff Lynn, because George Good Martin was retired by this point, by 1995. What? When did "In My Life" come out? 
That came out in like '98. Yeah, but that was like uh, like a tribute. Okay. But he was they they originally wanted George Martin, but he was like, I can't do it, boys. I'm I'm, I'm I gotta work on this tribute album Jim with Robin Carrey. Williams. Yeah, yeah. And Jim Carrey. Yeah, Bobby McFerrin. Um, but yeah, they so George Harrison said, all right, if we can't get George Martin, I want Jeff Leonard. I'm not gonna do it. It's a very it sounds kind of creepy. I don't know if I'm a big fan of this. It's the beginning. It's kind of the beginning of the road that ends with holographs. It does sound like White Beatles Album. Yeah. yeah, I like. It. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was. I didn't know that it was recorded in the nineties. Yeah, and besides the John Lennon vocal part, yeah, yeah everything was recorded in nineteen ninety-five. Doesn't sound ninety-five, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. I will say the vocal effects I'm not a big fan yeah, the of. Vocal. Like there's like a weird phaser or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. That's Jeff Lent. That's Jeff Lent. That's Jeff yeah. Lent. That's yeah. my that's personal friend. Yeah. Jeff Lent. That's a ELO <laughs> production design right there, which, you know, whatever. Great. Uh all right. Weird. Weird as hell. I'm gonna say it's weird as hell to see it's the, the only time here. the Beatles are on the Billboard Rock charts. I'm gonna say right. that is the most bizarre thing in the world to see Alanis and the Beatles on the same yeah. list. No, but anthology was it was be, it was bigger than Friends in '95. Yes, that was like the big '90s Beatles moment. Was the anthology? Oh yeah, I God, remember, I remember when I remember. One came out. One was oh, the yeah, 2000. One. Yeah, that but was, that was like a massive. Yeah, that was huge because that was like that it, was bigger that than was, NSYNC. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 bigger than Jesus. Yeah. Do you know how did that go higher? On this chart, do you know? No, it peaked at eight. It peaked at eight? <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. Wow. Uh, I mean, but uh, the Beatles are great, but they can't beat up the yeah. Prime Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited when that comes up. Uh, well, so that brings us to number seven. So number, se- number seven, big big segue from the Beatles, a band that's probably not Huge. too influenced by the Beatles. No. Alice in Chains. <laughs> With the lead-off single off their fourth self-titled album uh, called Grind. The song is called Grind. This is the last studio album that featured Lane Staley, the last full. They re- released some songs. this long? Yep. Okay. They released some songs after this. I mean, we had we had a couple weeks ago, we had a song from like 96 or 97. Yeah, but it was after he was dead. It was posthumous, right? No, there was like compilation albums. They had new uh, songs on compilation albums and stuff. Okay. Yeah. This is very Alice and Chaney's, but yeah, this is towards the end of Lane Staley's run. They played their last shows in 96. Was he the lead singer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, died of a heroin overdose. I, I, didn't, I didn't even... I assumed that. <laughs> I mean, they are fundamentally what, like... This is what heroin sounds like. Yeah. Well, this is also the other half of what created uh, new metal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Rap, it was like yep. rap and this. Yeah. This is even dark by Alice in Chains standards. Yeah. This is even a Take me a real yeah. dark spot. Yeah. I do like all the production of the weird vocals. In the video, there's got to be someone wearing like a gimp mask. 
like a full leather mask. I'd be very disappointed if that's not in the video. Let me sleep so my teeth won't grind. I think all of our friends that wear mouth guards to bed. Yeah, that's the opposite of their problem. Yeah. Yeah. I was never really a huge Alice in Chains fan, but like the harmonies on that, I mean, it might just be overdubbed. Like, is it just him singing? The, I'm the, sure Jerry, 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 Jerry Cantrell. Cantrell is probably singing with him. Yeah. Those are, those Jerry Cantrell are pretty, was the those are pretty big, hot harmonies. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But Jerry Cantrell was also like one of the big creative forces. Yeah, he wrote. He helped write a lot of the songs. Yeah, and He's, when when uh, uh, Lyle died, Lane, Lane, yeah, right, Lane Staley. Who am I thinking of? Lyle oh, Lovett. No. Lyle Lovett? No, I'm thinking of, uh, uh, what's the fucking Blind Melon dude's name? Shannon Hoon. Shannon Hoon. He's got a weird ass name too. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, uh, after he died, he Jerry Cantrell was the main force behind yeah. Alice in Chains. Um, and it is like, it is very grungy. Like, if you didn't know grunge as a genre and you were to just say like grunge and then play that, someone would say, yeah, that sounds yeah. grungy. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> like, get it. Yeah, like I get it. Yeah, grunge. Okay. <laughs> uh, but right on. Good for Alice and Chains for holding on this long. <laughs> just barely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no teeth left. Uh, <laughs> I think you still had some teeth left at this point. Three at least. At least a couple. All, just the ones Three in the Three to front. grind. Yeah. Just the ones. That, yeah. <laughs> no mouth guards. Yeah. yeah. No mouth guards. I mean, it only, That's why I lost all the other yeah. ones. Yeah. It only had a mouth guard to wear to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, great. Number six? Coming in at number six, a uh, guy we've talked about before on the show, Ozzy Osbourne. Ooh. With a song off his 1995 comeback album, Osmosis, called okay. Perry Mason, which uh, I think is actually about the 1960s lawyer show, or at least it's an intentional reference to it. And this is his only, uh, this is his comeback album. He said he was going to retire after No More Tears. Which is the first album of Zach Wilde. Uh, that was the second one. That was the second one. Okay. And he had a tour called uh, No More Touring. <laughs> no More Tours. That was the No More Tears tour. Um, but then he came back and he had the uh, Retirement Sucks tour <laughs> after this album, Osmosis. And this is the only album. This has a unique album. Uh, his, his band has a unique lineup of Ozzy, Zach Wilde, of course. Yep. Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath played bass on this album and nice. tour. Uh, Dean Castronova, who's a guy that would go on to play drums in Journey in the 90s and the 2000s. Wow. And Daniel Rick Wakeman, the keyboard player for Yes. Oh, Damn. okay. Yeah, 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 so it's a pretty cool lineup, and it's a pretty cool... I didn't. I wasn't familiar with this song, but... It's also your opening track off of this album. Yeah. Ooh. There's a Rick Wakeman part. Powerful yeah. opening. Yeah. It sounds like a Bond theme. Yeah. <laughs> Diamonds are forever. <laughs> That's very accurate. <laughs> and then we go to Abba. Yeah. There's Geezer. <laughs> Ooh. This is great. This is yes. a great song. This is a great opening track. Yeah. I'm sure like they opened with it on the tour afterwards. Yeah, definitely. It is also six minutes long. 
Very Zach Wild. Yeah. I just like the combination of Zach Wild and Geezer because you have like the solo Aussie sound. Plus, it kind of sounds like Black Sabbath. I feel like Geezer is a very underrated part of Black Sabbath sound. Oh, I do know this track. Yeah. This was this was before the show, right? Yeah, this was well before the show. Like what was time. was the show? That was that 90s or 2001, was that two- I think. Okay. 2001, 2002. Ooh. There's something about Ozzy that is like I'm not entirely sure what his writing process is. I don't know if it's a collaborative process. Yeah. I don't know if he just like puts together a good team. Yeah. Or if he's such an iconic person that he has yeah. like a, a, a team that assembles around him. But regardless, they're always catchy. Yeah. They always have like a good sense of instrumental that complement him that don't overshadow him right I mean you think of Randy Rhodes like Randy Rhodes is like maybe one of the most iconic guitar players in a band for an artist you know what I'm saying like because Eddie Van Halen is Eddie Van Halen he's an iconic guitar player you think of like you know Steve Vai or Joe Satriani or one of these people they're iconic guitar players even uh 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 Richie Blackmore. Yeah. Once he got into, uh, 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 oh my God, smoke on the water. Deep Purple. Deep Purple. He, he was still Richie Blackmore. Yeah. And you're just like, great. Like, somehow, Zach Wild is part of Ozzy's band. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, Ozzy is so iconic. Yeah. And creates such yeah. good And songs. he's got such a persona, too. Yes. And it comes through in the song. Yeah. This is a great big. And it all came from the stupidest concept of all time, which they were they were rehearsing next to a horror movie theater, and they were like, "People like being scared by movies. Maybe we should make scary music." (laughs) (laughs) Like the dumbest idea of all time. Uh, And here we are, uh, seventy years later. (laughs) Have you heard? Have you heard the Post Malone song featuring Ozzy Osbourne? What? Yeah. How did Post Malone get Ozzy? <laughs> Didn't he get Steven Tyler in a song too? That How, seems more yeah, plausible. Yeah. Steven Tyler's. And I could get Steven Tyler in a song. Yeah, Steven Tyler showed up at Olympus. You could ask. Uh, <laughs> Je- you could ask Jeff Lynne to yeah. call it to Steven Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no problem with that. Uh, well, this of course brings us to top five. All right. Again, we're doing weird transitions uh, for the show. This is—I feel like this Very is another strange. one that'll baffle Nick. Okay. Okay. Uh, we got Melissa Etheridge coming in at number five <laughs> with a, a song called "Your Little Secret." That's the uh, title track off an album of the same name. It was her follow-up to "Yes, I Am," which was the album where she, after she came out of the closet. So Great. now Melissa's been openly gay for a couple years. Yeah. The music video features uh, same-sex couples making out. Hmm. She's comfortable nice. with her persona. Uh, I don't know. It's like a Melissa Etheridge song. If you like Melissa Etheridge, 
Um, I, I, I do. Big if. I do like Melissa Etheridge, but yeah, it's not a standout yeah. track. Oh, it's not John Cougar Mellicamp. <laughs> I used to be just like you. Was she a loafer? Yes, she had to have been. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that was my that was my initial thing was like, yeah, a little fair. Wait, was she there? <laughs> this feels the time to me. Yeah. This feels 95. Yep. this time she was probably thinking well who would be a great uh person to artificially inseminate my child <laughs> david crosby <laughs> <laughs> the worst choice yeah um yeah i like that song uh also uh shorter <laughs> than everything we've uh, talked about so far uh only four minutes <laughs> <laughs> uh that's crazy uh right on good song yeah, solid song. Yeah, number four. Coming in at number four, the moment you've been waiting for, Nick. It's the Smashing Pumpkins. Yes, with the bu- uh, bullet with butterfly wings. That's yeah. the lead single Hell off yeah. of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. And it obviously came down. It was uh, number one the previous week. <laughs> yeah, so it was. I, I'm not sure if it was on its way up or down, but I can't remember. It's definitely made it to number one. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was this is their second song on the chart. Uh, 1979 debuted at number 39. No this shit. Week. Yeah. Nice. So this is like peak peak pumpkins. 1995. Yeah. Peak pumpkins. 1979 is on. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that and adore. There's like some weird overlaps for me. Uh, yeah, that's on the second disc. Yeah, it's a double album. It's yeah, easy yeah. to get lost. In. Yeah. Uh, the world is a <laughs> classic. <laughs> this is Butch Vig, right? I believe so. Yeah. Hold you up to the it is crazy. The sharp descent of Billy Corgan. And I like yeah. Billy Corgan. Like, I listened to Zwan. Uh, and uh, I, I listened to his solo album. Um, I saw him on his solo tour at, uh, I think it was, at the time it was the Avalon. Yeah. Uh, behind uh, Fenway Park. Yeah, Fenway yeah. Park. Now it's the House of Blues. Yep. But I saw him there, and it was a great goddamn show with his weird ass goth band. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Adam Ferguson's mom. He's another person that's right below my dad. People we mentioned that aren't on the podcast. But my best friend Adam Ferguson's mom, uh, she asked like a clerk at Bull Moose, like, what CD do kids like? And they said, I don't know, Smashing Pumpkins. And so she got Adam Ferguson. Was, he was like, here, Adam, here's the Sma- Smashing Pumpkins here's Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. album. Yeah, it's a lot to process. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. 
probably running her like nineteen dollars for a double album I know. back then. Back then, yeah. yeah. I mean, good thing she didn't buy an FYE. It yeah, probably right. Been like Twenty-two thirty bucks. Yeah. Uh, great. Wrestling uh, fan Billy Corgan, the Smashing Pumpkins. He's a wrestling fan. He's a huge. He owns a wrestling. He owns the National Wrestling Alliance, which is really. A, a, that's yes. one of the last people I would expect to be into wrestling. Yeah, and he does. He did the intro for a wrestling pay per view like ten years ago, where he quotes Bullet with Butterfly. He's just like doing a spoken word version of Bullet <laughs> with Butterfly Wings. <laughs> okay, so coming in number three is another one hit wonder, and uh, I'm excited to talk about this song. Seven Mary Three out of Williamsburg, Virginia, with their big hit "Cumbersome." Dude, this song's so dumb. <laughs> know if i know this one i feel like you would know it it's if you've listened it was a alternative radio staple yeah okay but also very forgettable but i also feel also very like influential to like three doors down and like yeah those type of bands like southern butt rock bands Right in your ear. It's like somebody making a parody track of yeah. Yano music. Yeah. I love it. I think it's just like it goes so in that direction. Yeah. That it becomes like a guilty pleasure. Unapo- unapologetically much. in that direction. It's like uh, it's like uh, the crank two of yeah. Yano music, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah. Cumbersome. Yeah. Could you? Could you? Also, they made it to the chorus. Under 50 seconds. Like, they made it to the chorus before a minute, which I feel like is no other band we've we've listened to has done that. (laughs) Vocals didn't even come in by 50 seconds on most of the other songs. (laughs) Dude, I'm pretty sure the guy who wrote this song just heard the word cumbersome and was like, I like that word. Yeah, he learned what the word cumbersome is. Because I'm pretty sure he doesn't use it properly. I mean, maybe I have the wrong definition of it, but according to the definition I have in my head, it doesn't add up. From the album American Standard, <laughs> Seven Mary Three. <laughs> Their universally oh. lauded classic, Cumbersome. <laughs> well, I often feel pretty cumbersome to my girl. Um, I was I read the the Wikipedia page on this song is longer than you would expect but uh apparently seven mary three would not like how did not like how people would leave their concerts after the song and how they became uh kind of known for for uh for cumbersome um it was kind of a gift a blessing like we're out (laughs) a blessing and a curse and you could say the song became uh, the song success became cumbersome to the band yeah Uh, we almost made it through that entire song. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Clocking in at two minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. Uh, all right. Well, good Good for Seven Mary Three. <laughs> Dude, uh, uh, shocking that it's at three. That's like... Yeah. Uh, well, that's always one of the things that we talk about so often is like the longevity of songs that make it so close to number one, like songs that are getting ridiculous airplay. Yeah. And yet we listen to them now and it was like, wait, which one was that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird. It's to like who, 
I guess it probably was at the forefront of the of the Yano movement. <laughs> so maybe that's why it got I so mean, much airplay. But it's like, Yano, like Bush not, was number nine on this yeah. list for Christ's sake. Uh, right on. That's yeah. Well, here you guys we go. are you guys are gonna like my list at the end of the episode. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> dig it. All right. Well, number two. Coming in at number two, a band uh, that had been around for a long time, but this was their first hit. <laughs> Out of Buffalo, New York, second oh, Western wow. New York reference that we've come up with today, the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh yes, with, off a boy named Goo. Name uh, coming in at number two. Okay, uh, it was actually this is the biggest thing that surprised me researching this episode. This is their biggest hit on the pop chart. It came in at number five at Man, the Hot One Hundred. Really? I was like, Iris had to be a bigger hit. Iris yeah. only, Iris was only number nine on the Hot One Hundred. What? Yeah, I know. It's like because I felt like I heard that song. Everywhere. I heard that song yeah. so much in 1998. But I although guess, I'll be honest, it makes it makes it most in like I feel like uh, soundtracks. Yeah, because it's in like every soundtrack. <laughs> All right. Wait. But, so how long were they? They were around for a long time before. Yeah, this? their first album I think was 86. Really? Or 87. Yeah. Oh, good wow. for them. And they started out. Their bass player Robbie Tackett was their lead singer when they started out. And Johnny Resnick just sang a couple songs per album, but then they flipped and they became a big hit. Much like Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember this. This is like a Yano ballad. Yeah. yeah. Buzz ballad yeah. is yeah. what they're called. Buzz ballad. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Gotta say, love this song. Yeah, yeah. I really do. <laughs> Also, his his version of Yano is tasteful. Yeah, it's softer. Yes, it's not that is the word I wanted to find. Yeah, not as yes. aggressive, yeah. But it's definitely there. Yeah. It's there for sure. Yeah. But it's there mildly, tastefully, not over the top. Yeah. They're also another one of those bands that if they wanted to, they could be on country charts. Yeah. Yeah. It should be easily adaptable to country charts. Yes. Add some fiddles. Yeah. Oh my god. And now I'll tell him your name. So uh, another personal story, and sometime in late '95, early 1996, Steve McGrath took my older brother to his first concert, which was Go- the Goo Goo Dolls and Bush, two bands that Ooh, showed up on the chart. Damn. And, okay. uh, my, That's a good double bill. Yeah. My, at that point, uh, 11 or 12-year-old brother wanted to go in the mosh pit, and he, my dad looked at the mosh pit and was like, no. Too he, aggressive. No, 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 even a Goo Goo Dolls Bush mosh pit was still, my dad was like... <laughs> I, I would see I would see Bush getting a little bit yeah, rowdy, yeah. but Goo Goo Dolls no, because Goo Goo Dolls early stuff is pretty. It's they're pretty like kind of like it's they're kind of like the replacements early Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, okay, mm. so it's not like heavy, but it's def you can definitely mosh to it. Yeah, yeah, it's but, like early Sugar Ray. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, Mean Machine. Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people forget that. Yeah. Uh, right on. Well, this of course does bring us to number one. Number one. This is a song that's spending its first week uh, on the top of the mainstream rock charts. Also, number one on the alternative rock charts. Wait, first week it's showing up at number one uh, for this song. Nice. This band has had 
a bunch of number one hits on both rock charts. Sure, Boat sure. Um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers okay. with a second single off their sixth album, One Hot Minute. Great. It's the only album that features Dave Navarro as their lead guitarist. Goth Vampire. <laughs> Song called My Friends. Okay. Coming in at number one. Yeah. All right. You were hoping for Aeroplane. <laughs> I was hoping for Aeroplane. I mean, off of this album, yeah. I love. I hadn't. I'd forgotten about this song, and I was very happy when I listened to it today. Yeah, to be reminded of. I like it. I, I mean, like this it. this album is a tough one for me. <laughs> it's a tough album for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think it's terrible, but at the same time, it's just like uh, mm. I don't know. They went through so much trouble to get to a great sound. And then John Frusciante leaves the band. And yeah. then it's like, well, what do we do? Yeah. We get a goth vampire. <laughs> yeah. My friends are so depressed. But I mean, it does it does point the way from Blood, Sex, Sugar, Magic to, to Californication. Californication. Absolutely. Yeah. You see the transition. Which points the way to, by the way... Nah, I'm not going to go over the rest of their discography. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Stadium Arcadium, they reach another peak. Yeah. Ripping off Tom Petty, but still. It's another very heroin y sounding yeah. song. Because they were on half Makes of them were on heroin. This is a yeah, great yeah. chorus. Yeah. It's interesting for a band that started out fundamentally doing rap. Like, basically, basically funk rap. Yeah, yeah, they were funk rap early on. I mean, uh, what? Uh, Freaky Styly was produced by George Clinton, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Like, it was like a rappy kind of vibe. He could not sing worth a shit. And yet... They did come to have some of the most iconic melodies of alternative yeah, yeah. rock of all time. I mean, you think of Californication, Scar Tissue, uh, you know, this. Yeah. They are iconic melodies. Under the bridge, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Soul to squeeze. Yes. <laughs> Off great, the Conehead yeah. soundtrack. <laughs> great melodies. Also, uh, Flea would have been playing bass with, uh, uh, not Porno for Pyros, but uh, Peripheral's other band. <laughs> Why can I not remember what band Peripheral was in? Not Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction! He would have been playing bass for Jane's Addiction around this time, yeah? Flea played. Wait, for- wasn't Dave Navarro in Jane's Addiction? Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Did but they trade? Did they do a trade? They might have. Like, it might have been a Venn diagram at this point. When did Pete Flea play bass for Jane's Addiction? It would have been around this point, I feel like. Maybe. Because uh, yeah. he was in the video for uh, the live version of Jane Says. Really? Yeah. I love that song. It is a great song. I would say this is uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers doing Jane's Addiction. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I, when it first started, I was like, this is kind of like uh, Jane Says. Yeah, as far as like number one, okay. But it is definitely, it is, I would say, one of the songs that has more staying power. Yeah. Of this list. 
Uh, which I guess that is a nice segue to bring to, us into to our final five. Top five, baby. And this is going to be an interesting top five. I feel like I already can sense that it might be a little bit of combative choices yeah. for our top fives. It's going to be, it's going to be, I feel like all three of us are going to come have different completely lists. different lists. Yes. Oh. Well, Connor, do you want to start us off? With apologies to the Beatles. Okay. I'm at, <laughs> who didn't make the cut. I understand. <laughs> I'm going to go with Seven Mary Three at number five, <laughs> just because I just Harsh. think it's, it. yeah. I don't know. There's something about this song. It's definitely, it's a huge guilty pleasure. We might have played more of that song than any other one. Yeah. <laughs> too rich, too poor, she's wanting me less, I'm wanting her more. Combersome. It's just a harbinger of things to come. Yeah. It's just, uh, but I don't know. I, there's something about that song that... It's because I feel, often feel cumbersome to this world. Yes. <laughs> I relate to this song a lot. Relatable. All right. Yeah. So apologies to John, Paul, George, and Ringo, but I got to go with Seven <laughs> Mary Three. Uh, number four? Number four, I'm going to go with uh, a similar yeah, no theme, a little butt rock, Bush, okay. with Come Down. I'm going to put that at number four. Yeah. I just think one. that's a good fist pumper of a song. Yeah. Um, then number three, I'm going to go with Perry Mason. Oh, which right. I, I almost put I'm I almost put that in the top two. Really? Yeah, I just I really like it. It's a very underrated song. I yeah I I did like it a lot. Yeah, I thought as far as Ozzy was concerned, I was like, oh yeah. yeah, this is the Ozzy that I'm it's into. the Ozzy you like. Yeah, yeah. Not that the, even bad Ozzy's still like all right. Yeah, I agree with that. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. That's this is definitely in the category of good Ozzy. Uh, number two. Number two, I'm gonna go with the Smashing Pumpkins, Bolt with Butterfly Wings. Great, great, iconic song. I think this is the one song that'll be probably be in all all of our top fives. God, I hope so. (laughs) Hopefully, uh, number one, I'm gonna go with a little bit of surprise. One of the honorary mentions. I think uh, Toadie's Possum Kingdom. I think that's the best one hit one hit wonder of this era for like grunge one hit wonder. Yes, I think it's a great song. Yeah, yeah, and I love possums. Great. That's a great top five. Uh, Tim? Um, Are you ready? I, I, was, <laughs> I was still assembling mine. I, uh, I just want to get this order right. Understandable. It's, it's important to me. No, I get it. <laughs> the the uh, stakes uh, have never stakes been are, higher. The stakes are so high right now. Uh, you might get some angry phone calls from your friend Jeff Lynn. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually just so I don't do that, I'm going with number five, Beatles. Okay, is a bird. Okay. Um, number four, going with Alanis, mm-hmm. hand in my pocket. That really spoke to me. Um, I fucking love that song. <laughs> number three, I'm going with number one, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, my friends. Um, number two. Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. Oh, wait. Ooh. I forgot a major song. Okay. I, I think I'm going to have to kick some. Oh, the Beatles are off. Apologies. <laughs> oh, no! Apologies Jeff to Lynn! personal friend. Jeff Lynn's going to give you some Lynn. angry phone calls. I'm definitely getting that angry phone call. <laughs> uh, number two, the Toadies. And then number one, Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. I got to put that number one. Yeah, that's a that is... That's, I mean, that's just such a angsty song. I listened to it. And I've been angsty all day, and I'm so. I'm what was your number five? Cool with it. Number five was uh, Alanis. Alanis. More so. Okay. Number four, 
Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three was Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> nice. Number two, Toadies. Number one, Smashing Pump. Yeah. 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 Smashing Kins. Smashing Pump. You said 1979 was in the, uh, not in the 10, right? On this list? It was in number 39. It debuted. God damn. Yeah. That's a good one. That is that's a, a great, great yeah, That's a great, great one. Song. That's a great video. I fucking love that video. Um, okay. Here we go. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> this is tough. This is tough. Um, I think number five, I'm going Alanis. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four. Oof. I feel like. <clears throat> I feel like number four, I'm going with my friends. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, I'm going very similar to you right now, Tim. Uh and then I'm going mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a hybrid of the two lists I'm going Toadies mm, mm-hmm, I think that's a great song and yeah. then I'm going Ozzy for my number two and I'm going Smashing Pumpkins number one nice uh, I just I, there's something like it is such a rage filled song it's so angsty it's so perfect and that yeah. video makes no sense he's wearing the zero t-shirt yep. in it yeah oh god he still had hair <laughs> what an era of music <laughs> i was gonna say he uh he was on the simpsons during this era but that's an, oh, again yeah. every we've that would be reprising the fact that the Simpsons are a blind spot for Nick. I do know that one you episode. You do know that episode. I saw that one because that's the uh, Lollapalooza episode yeah, where Homer he's getting- Yeah, And uh, Peter Frampton, for yeah. no apparent reason, is on Lollapalooza? <laughs> yeah, because they had the, they had occasional like old classic rock people on Lollapalooza. Yeah, it's Peter Frampton and Cypress Hill. And Sonic yeah, Youth. Cypress and Sonic Hill. Youth. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Sonic Youth stole from uh, Peter Frampton's uh, cooler. Oh my! Eating like a watermelon. So good. Like, <laughs> Thurston and uh, uh, what is Lollapalooza about? It's about uh, uh, rocking and uh, not caring, and then Cypress Hill is like and getting toasted, <laughs> nicely toasted. <laughs> uh, Fantastic episode of Simpsons. Fantastic episode of Less Rock, More Talk. December 9th, 1995. It was a great week. What a great Great week. Yeah. Yeah. Great week. Jesus. That was crazy. Uh, Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with uh, November 28th, 1987. Mm. Uh, Hopefully, Uncle Cracker will be able to reschedule. But if not, we're going to just do the episode anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Come follow me. Everything is all right. Uh... Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to the Nick Robes Podcast Network and all of our sponsors. And thanks to Tim Duffy, the Connecticut Hillbilly. Thank you guys for having me. It's been, I've loved this. Marvelous. I'm going to have to run to Cumberland Farms. Bye. 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 Bye.